Welcome to a world where two strangers can make a podcast. This podcast is titled Two Strangers Made a Podcast because they really did. We, yeah, we've talked about MTV and we've talked about much music, but, uh, you know, well, since we're in that same era, I'll throw another song at you. 99 Red Balloons. Luthballon. Yes, Ninja. <laughs> did you like that one? I, I was okay. And here's the oh. appeal of that song in the day. She mentions Captain Kirk. Oh, yes. Yeah. And of course, all the nerds lined up to, to pay tribute to that to name check. It's an okay song. It's not nearly at the same level as the other two we mentioned. But I really like it. Okay. History. It has its place. I don't dislike I think, it. Okay. I think it's got a great hook. I think I like it more than you do. <laughs> yeah. Safe to say. Um, <laughs> but it's not bad. It's just, it's not transcendent. I mean, okay. video kill the radio star. Yeah. They'll write, there'll be courses based on that. <laughs> mm-hmm. 50 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, friends of Mr. Cairo, I think people will study that. But no one's studying Nenya and Nenya yeah. Luft Balloon. Um, well, except that... we, we'll all remember her standing in that field with her hands yep. in her pockets and her really tight jeans. Yep. <laughs> that is correct. I would like to chat with you, too, about computer stories. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see you're pulling these topics directly out of my Twitter feed. <laughs> I I had a lot of work to do today. <laughs> yeah. But the, no, there but is a band you might be interested in. They're called Data Rock. They're from um, uh, Scandinavia, either Denmark or Norway. Um, oh. A real band, Data Rock, and they call themselves a computer band in the sense that they come out of computer culture. And a couple Did of those songs. Like Devo? No, they dress. Okay. Well, maybe they dress in red tracksuits. Okay. And I actually okay. went to yeah. a few Halloween parties dressed as them for a while. <laughs> and um, I also wore, and they also wore gold chains. And people thought I was a sloppy gangster instead of a member of a Scandinavian <laughs> band. But I, I mentioned them because a few of the songs are elegies to the founding of the computer age. Like one song okay. talks about, "I wish I was there when." You know, when um, when Wozniak put forth the first Apple OS, and when, you know, when Bill Gates first developed mm-hmm. a marketing plan. And these are serious songs, like, okay. rem- reminiscing about the, the dawn of the computer age. Um, I, I thought I'd try to give you a bridge between the computer topic and our endless musical fascination. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We could talk about music and music and more music. I... Oh, only from the early 80s, though, apparently. Yeah, I think it was. I, I yeah, I think you're right. My musical memory must just stop at nineteen. Oh no, mid nineties or something. I was talking to my daughter today about. She said, "Dad, oh, Dad, I I'm really in into an alternative phase now." And she listens to music the way I do. You bounce back and forth from genre to genre. And she's twenty, so. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, you're going to have to take a peek at a band called R.E.M. And she said, oh, Dad, I know those songs already. But it left me thinking, and we could chat about this too, was R.E.M. really alternative? What does alternative mean? I I think the technical definition is bands that weren't played on mainstream radio. You had to find them on college radio. Mm -hmm. And there was a time... Mm-hmm. In the 90s, when that was the case, when bands like that were 
only accessible via alternative media. But something happened. Uh, MTV changed all that. Mm -hmm. Losing Mm -hmm. my religion put them uh, mainstream. So it did. So I don't know if they still qualify, but uh, yeah. (laughs) I think if you listen to their music before, I think the earlier REM probably sounded more uh, quote unquote alternative than their later stuff. But uh, believe it or not, I'm not a huge REM fan, but believe it or not, I actually once listened to a documentary about them. Okay. And it talked about the founding of the sound. And it mm. had to do with the guitar that was used. And um, I don't remember exactly what it was, but the twanginess of the guitar, because it was uh, damaged to some extent or something, was the foundation of the Athens, Georgia uh, alternative scene of the mid to late 80s, early 90s that gave birth to R.E.M. and um, other bands of that nature. So, probably the B-52s, right. I think, came out of there. Same area too, right? Big, big tangent, big tangent. Whenever you, uh, people mention the B-52s, I immediately think of the Weird Al song, Mr. Popeil, which you probably never heard of. I so, don't think I... Ron Popeil was the master of the infomercial. <laughs> we, we chatted yes. about that, yes. We did, right. So, we so, did. Yeah, so uh, Weird Al had a song called Mr. Popeil about oh. Ron Popeil, and it was in the style of the B-52s. Okay. So, and it's my it's my preferred B-52 song, and it's by Weird Al. Well, <laughs> Weird Al, he, he certainly had a shtick. Have you seen the movie yet? I started, and I didn't quite finish it. What What did you think about it? I haven't seen it yet. Uh, but, okay, but the reviews are great. And I'm told, and uh, again, our three listeners can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I'm told that it's just nonstop jokes with no lasting depth to them, which is fine with me. And he he sort of does a cameo in it as one of the music industry. Big big wigs, big bosses, I guess. So it's it was one. I don't know. I I just I didn't get through it. Maybe I'll give it another shot. But it seemed to be one of these, um, you know, when you've got the real uh, Weird Al playing a music big wig across from the guy who's playing. <laughs> you know what I like? Weird about Al. The I don't know. I was too. I haven't seen the movie. What I like okay. about the concept is that it has no basis in reality. Yeah. Right. And so it's the ultimate humble expression of one's own biopic. <laughs> it takes an arrogance to, to to have a biopic made of your life while you're alive and have you be a part of it and to want it to be accurate and flattering. But he just said, let's just make up some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> let's make it funny. I have to respect that too. Then. Absolutely. Yeah. He, if you don't take your if you don't take yourself too seriously, I always have a whole bunch of respect for people who decided (laughs) that's the way they're going to go. So I'm afraid that the news and the world is full of far too many people who take themselves seriously, but we certainly don't. I don't think when we (laughs) never pass a chance to make a joke. That's my rule. (laughs) In fact, uh, well, if we can go back to all of this fan mail that I've been receiving, uh, one of my friends accused uh, accused us of being eclectic. Eclectic. And I thought, could you imagine that? So I did. Did they quick... misspell epileptic? 
<laughs> he said, I, I did a quick look up at the, the definition, and I know how much you love Webster's, deriving <laughs> ideas, style, or taste from a broad and diverse range of sources. So I can clearly message him back and, and say we are not eclectic because we are our own sources, aren't we? I think we are. Um, mm-hmm. We are the Ouroboros, the worm that eats its own tail. <laughs> And and 100% of our references emerge from the time period between 1978 and 1984. I think so. And while I was busy editing the last few episodes, I realized with the amount of ums and ahs that I have in the recordings, I don't think I'm very good at using myself as a source either because (laughs) the gerbil's spending a lot of time on the wheel and not... uh... Well, it's it's important that you keep the ums and ahs because it really um, serves as a good contrast between the humanity that you express and the fact that I'm a chatbot. <laughs> I'm an advanced AI. <laughs> and the you sooner are... people figure that out. <laughs> well, hey, let's take a huge tangent from there. Uh, have you seen the latest Avatar of which... I don't oh, even know what the name of it is. Yeah, the no, movie. No, I refuse. I refuse. The it seems first like movie, I've struck a nerve here. No, the first movie was enjoyable, but okay. it was, I don't mean it got political, but it was a standard, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's Pocahontas. It's mm. Dances with Wolves. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't make it a racial thing, but there's mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. about, I gotcha. you know, the, the colonizer story, uh, not only is, uh, the I'll say it, the white dude shows up to the indigenous tribe and mm-hmm. is accepted by them, but he quickly becomes their most awesome member mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. does a thing that nobody else can do. Oh, come on, give it a break. <laughs> yeah. It's lazy writing. That it's just not happens offensive. so often in, in Alberta. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not offensive in the sense that it's, you know, the glorification of the colonizer. It's offensive that it's lazy writing. Now, and to me, there is no greater crime in cinema or in art than lazy, um, unoriginal writing. And that's why I haven't got much time for it. So don't expect much from the second one. But to be honest, I probably will see it at some point because I'm a weak, weak man who can't resist mm. shiny, shiny objects on TV. <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, I same as you. I watched the first one. I think I had expected, well, I don't know. Special effects now are are not what they were in 1978. And I don't think there's too much more that we can see on the silver screen or our TVs or our phones that isn't, I I think we've almost become desensitized to special effects. I remember watching uh, some sort of a documentary on the original Star Wars and it, it, the, the one single piece of this I remember was them trying to figure out how to get a a neat sounding laser beam shooting out of the well a neat sounding laser beam anyway right. what they ended up doing was you know sort of packing a bunch of audio equipment to somewhere and one of the uh, it sounds like I really know what I'm talking about right one of the sound people <laughs> the uh, foley artist yeah <laughs> yeah okay That's what they call the foley artist okay um ended up banging on some some wiring yeah uh, almost like a, it a had tethered thing, right yeah. yeah and that's 
where they got the laser sound. I thought, boy, they used to have to put work. You know, they still do like though. That. They still okay. do to, to a large extent. I mean, what do I know? I have a lot of friends in the industry. That's all I know. Okay. Um, but a lot of it is computer generated, but some of it does require some, some, you know, manual tasking. And yeah, the person who's in charge of that is called the Foley artist. I don't know why. I always think of Mick Foley, the professional wrestler. Uh, <laughs> That's and that right. Make, and that makes me happy. Yep. <laughs> yep. I mean, there's got to be, we can have an entire conversation about the, the names of people on a movie set, the Foley artist, the Dolly Grip, the best boy. Who are these people? And why does it all sound thoroughly inappropriate? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I... Uh... We're probably not right, the though. only ones wondering what they do, right? Uh, but you're right, though. I, uh, there's too much special effects on the screen, and so you're desensitized to it. And there was a time you would pay money just to see the special effects. Now you pay money to see reality, if anything, mm. and to see more humanism. It's really quite quite curious. Um, and with the advent of uh, this past few weeks, chat GPT has made it into public consciousness. That's the AI program that allows uh, kids to... <laughs> to write essays <laughs> instantaneously. Um, and now we're sort of maybe, uh, maybe script writing, uh, maybe mm. songwriting will all be done mm. um, by computers as well. Possibly. I don't know. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a thing. But we're into some interesting times ahead. I like to think that what always brings us back to a performance or a form of art is the humanity present within it. And so mm. at a certain level, we can detect and sense that a real person is expressing themselves. And if you're doing so honestly with intent, that'll cut through most of the, uh, the layers of special effects and technology. Mm -hmm. and, end of sermon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. Good sermon. You have reached <laughs> the end of the podcast. Please be careful while exiting the podcast.